the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Yesterday I went back and listened to the homilies that I gave on this Sunday the past six years. And um, lo and behold, it was the same message every year. I thought to myself, well, maybe I should change it up. And then I realized, no, we have a streak going. Why would we change now? So today we're going to talk about being cast out of paradise, what, the gate, what it means to stand outside the gates, and we'll talk about forgiveness. I'll just frame it a little bit differently than I have in the past. So, first of all, today is the day that the church sets before us the anniversary of Adam and Eve's expulsion from paradise. Right as we sit on the verge of Great Lent, we remember Adam and Eve's sin, that of pride, of saying that I can do it without God, that of gluttony. I mean, they really only had one job, right? Just don't eat of that tree. Just don't eat of that tree. It sounds so simple. They had everything they needed, and yet they couldn't do it. And God, out of His love, He cast them from paradise so that they wouldn't eat from the tree of life and live in their sin forever. God is merciful. And so He cast them out, and he closes the gates of paradise and sets a flaming sword with the cherubim there to guard the gates. And today, during Forgiveness Vespers, about halfway through after the little entrance, we will hear the Prochemenon. Turn not away thy face from thy child, for I am afflicted. Hear me, speedily draw near to my soul and deliver it. And at that point, the lights go out, right? After that, the music starts to change. The colors start to change. The priest, clothed in a bright vestment, a bright felonian, which is the garment of righteousness, of Christ's righteousness, he has it, he strips it from himself and changes to dark vestments. And even the vestments on the altar come off and change to dark colors. Everything goes dark, so to speak. And then the doors close here, and out come the clergy and the servers to finish the service. And the priest is clothed in just black robes and the stole, the epitrachelion, right? And is as liturgically naked as he can be during a service. It's the most simple that he gets. And we finish the service, we say the prayer of St. Ephraim, and we start doing prostrations, and we're into Lent. And this, this visual is symbolic of our expulsion from paradise. Because it's real easy for me to sit here and say, you know, if God had put me there instead of Adam, I could have done that one job. I could have not eaten from that tree. We wouldn't be in this mess if only he had put me there. And how dare I think such things? Because every time I sin, I am Adam. Every time I sin, I cast myself from paradise. It's not fair to criticize Adam for eating of that 
tree when I have trouble keeping the fast, when I have trouble refraining from anger, when I have trouble loving my enemy. So the church puts Adam and Eve before us as a reminder that they, their sin seemed so little, yet they lost so much. And for us who sin so much, why do we think that we deserve a better reward than them? So, the church puts in front of us paradise. Paradise. And great length is the struggle to get back into paradise. At Pascha, we bust open the gates of Hades by Christ's power to escape from corruption and death. And then at the ascension, at the ascension 40 days after Pascha, the angels lift up the gates of heaven to allow us to ascend with Christ in His human nature. So today marks the first day in our journey back to paradise, which is the right hand of the Father. But the first step is taken by us in asking for and giving forgiveness. And that is what they call in the business a segue. Because today is Forgiveness Sunday. Our first step to paradise is done through repentance and asking for and giving forgiveness. Today, the church in her wisdom puts before us the right of forgiveness. There are many times throughout the year where we offend our brothers and sisters. Sometimes we know about it, sometimes we don't know about it. It's called the sin of ignorance. But, because we are often lazy or proud or defensive or embarrassed, we might not reconcile with our brothers and sisters. And so the church says, guess what? Y'all need to do it at least once a year. And if everybody's doing it, then nobody has to be embarrassed, right? That they're standing out. And so we'll stand before each other and ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness. So what is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness is letting go of resentment and giving up the desire to be angry. Forgiveness is acknowledging reality while also moving forward with love. You see, resentment, resentment is poisonous. It just kills us. It kills us spiritually. And oftentimes it kills us physically. But holding on to resentment is like drinking poison and then expecting your enemy to die. Forgiveness is letting go of that resentment, regardless of what happened. And so today we stand in front of each other and we take that first step towards paradise, we ask forgiveness and we give forgiveness even to those who hate us and to those who love us. So you see, in forgiveness, in forcing us to forgive each other and in forcing us to ask for forgiveness, the church is forcing us to reevaluate, reorient, and recalibrate our relationships of love. 
Last week I talked about how the good works that the sheep perform are done out of love, not out of seeking some reward. And how our relationship with God needs to be one of love that bears good fruits. Forgiveness is one of the fruits of love. And so, really, what this Sunday is about is about love. Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, out of paradise, because they love themselves more than they love God. Remember what Christ says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And Christ says in today's Gospel reading, if you forgive the sins of your if you forgive men of their trespasses, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. He's not forcing anybody to do this. He's making it completely optional. But why should we pray? This reading that we just heard is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And literally, this verse, this first verse, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. It comes right after the Lord gives us the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Christ says, if we don't forgive, then God won't forgive us. It's your choice. But boy, if God doesn't forgive us, then the consequences are pretty dire. So why wouldn't we forgive? And if we, if we love God and we want God to forgive us, then we have to forgive our brothers and sisters. We have to ask for forgiveness. So, last summer, I introduced some sayings of the Phoenix Suns basketball coach, Monty Williams. And many of you remember it because I've heard them repeated over and over again for the last nine months. But he said a couple of really good ones that I think apply today. He has this line that says, this is not a got to, this is a get to. You don't got to do forgiveness, you get to do forgiveness. You don't got to do Lent, you get to do Lent. So I have here in my notes, Lent is the ultimate get to. If Lent feels oppressive to you, something's wrong. We need to talk. Because Lent should be liberating. We, we slide away from God slowly and slowly through our lives. Oh, I'll indulge in this. I'll put off that. Right? And we end up, we don't give God our time or our talent or our treasure or even our thoughts. And Lent is the time to recalibrate, right? It's a liberation from the sin and the indulgences and the passions that hold us back. Great Lent is the ultimate get-to. It's not a got-to. And another saying that Monty Williams uses is that everything you want is on the other side of hard. I love that. Everything you want is on the other side of hard. Everybody wants the party at Pascha. But we can't get there without going through Lent first. And the more you invest yourself in the church's discipline of Lent, in the services, in the fasting, in the almsgiving, in the prayer, the more joyful Pascha is. This is something 
you get way more out of Pascha than what you put into it. But the less you put into it, into Lent, the less joy you will feel on Pascha. You might feel some adrenaline rush because it's the middle of the night and we, we eat meat afterwards or whatever. But that's fleeting. But the true joy of Pascha, the true joy of the resurrection, comes with that forgiveness and with that discipline of Lent. So I'll leave you with one new saying from Monty Williams, my new favorite basketball coach. This one really struck me this week. You're not going to find greatness on a beach. You're going to find it in the struggle. You're not going to find greatness on the beach. You're going to find it in the struggle. And lo and behold, the church tells us about the struggle. You see, Lent is the ultimate arena, so to speak. And during the praises just a few minutes ago at the end of Orthros, we heard this verse from the church. The arena of virtues has been opened. Let all who wish to struggle for the prize now enter, girding themselves for the noble contest of the fast. For those that strive lawfully are justly crowned. Let all who wish to struggle for the prize now enter. What is the prize? The prize is the kingdom of heaven and eternal communion with the uncreated God. Compared to that, what else is there? Money? Who cares? Stuff? Who cares? Right? Like, God is inviting us to struggle through Lent so we can... He's inviting us to a 50-day struggle so that we can spend eternity with Him. 50-day struggle, all of eternity with God. 50-day struggle, all of eternity with God. It's not really a fair deal from His perspective, but He loves us. He loves us. And if we love Him, we need to enter into the struggle. We aren't going to get... We aren't going to find greatness, and let me change this a little bit. We aren't going to find true goodness or godness on the beach. But we will find it in the struggle. So brothers and sisters, let us embrace the struggle. Let us embrace the fast. Let us embrace the extra discipline that the church asks us to seek. And let us pursue the kingdom of heaven because our Lord says at the end of the gospel reading today, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If our treasure truly is the kingdom of heaven, then this struggle doesn't become a struggle. It becomes a joyful discipline. As St. Paul said to the Romans, we heard that, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Brothers and sisters, let us all cast off the works of darkness during this Lenten season. And let us remember that we get to do this and that yes, it's hard, but everything we want, that is, Christ himself is, is on the other side of hard.
There is no Pascha without Lent, and there is no Lent without forgiveness. So let us enter into the arena joyfully, that we may all be crowned victors together, and that we may all spend eternity singing and praising and blessing the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our midst.